0: only son who came from the father full of grace and truth this is the word of the lord well good evening Uh, my name is james one of the ministers here at church by the bridge merry christmas and it's good to see you here tonight Uh, let's pray heavenly father we thank you that we don't have to guess what you like or imagine it you have told us who you are in your word, and we pray for this moment right now that you would bless it, and that we would see again the wonder of Christmas. Amen. Uh, There are some things in life which are easy to ignore. Uh, You overlook, you pass by. But every now and then someone stops you and tells you the significance of it, Uh, tells you the story behind the story, and it changes things. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, in Washington, D.C., there's a plaza, and out the front of it was a guy busking, in a white shirt, jeans, playing the violin. No one took much notice, walked past. A boy stopped at one moment, but kept going. There was no applause, no thank yous. He made 32 bucks. That violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the leading violinists of our generation. And that violin he was playing was worth $3.5 million dollars. And a couple of days later, he was playing to a Boston Symphony Hall, which was sold out. There's something that you and I walk past generally at Christmas time and probably don't take much notice of. It's the nativity scene, the birth of Jesus. We see it on cards and banners and shopping centers and that kind of thing. And when you think about it, there's not much really to look at, really. You know, there's some hay, there's a cow, there's a baby a couple who probably should have got health insurance. I mean, there's not much to it, right? But my question is, do you know the story behind the story? You may think, well, yes, I know. There's Mary and Joseph, and they go to Bethlehem with Jesus. But do you know the story behind this story, the significance of it? We're going to take a couple of moments to have a look at the opening sentences of the historical account of John, and let Jesus, God tell us the story behind the story of the nativity. So grab it, uh, grab it, turn to page one. And I'm going to read the first two sentences. Just to let you know, the word "word" is another way of describing Jesus. It goes like this: "In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning." Now before I explain that, I need to say one thing: For everyone in this room, there was a moment when you began. It's called your birthday. Now, really, you began at conception, but no one wants to celebrate that day, right? I, mean, I, I remember driving and my dad pointing out a unit. said, see that unit? He said, yeah, that's where you conceived. It's like, oh, didn't want to know that, right? So, it, we generally celebrate our birthdays as the moment when we existed. For me, it's the 10th of December, 1987. And that day, I didn't exist before that day. I wasn't around. I wasn't alive. But when... Jesus' birthday, that Christmas day, 2,000 years ago, it wasn't the commencement of his life. It wasn't the beginning of his existence. What does John 1 say? He was there at the very dawn of time itself. He is above all, eternal. He is God. You might be thinking, that's a bit weird, right? You're right. Uh, Last year, before Christmas, my second child, Grace, was born. And many people came and they said different things like, oh, she's cute, you know, oh, she's got your dad's eyes, you know, oh, what's with the blonde hair? Uh, but no one said, she's God. I mean, some people said, oh, she's divine, which is just, nor sure speak, for she's cute. But no one said, oh, she is God, right? But when Jesus was born, people said, he is the son of the Most High. His kingdom will go on forever. He is the Son of God. When you look at Jesus in the manger, it's not what you first think. It is the eternal has come into time and space. It is the all-powerful has become vulnerable. God has become a child. But the story behind the story doesn't end there. Have a look with me at verse 3. It says this, Through him, that's Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. It's saying the stars, the moon, from tigers to tarantulas, from atoms to apples, from galaxies to grapes, all of it has been made through Jesus. I found out a couple of months ago that the company Disney, so Mickey Mouse and that kind of thing, owns a lot of things. So Disney not only owns Lion King and Aladdin, they also own Pixar, so Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., they also own the Muppets, so Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy. But they also own Star Wars, so Yoda and Jedis and that kind of thing. But they also own Marvel, so the Avengers and Spider-Man and that kind of thing. And recently, they just bought The Simpsons. And you look at all the stuff they own, you think, like, whoa, that's a lot. And when you look around this world and you see vast galaxies and beautiful sunsets to microscopic animals, you think, Jesus made that all? That's impressive. And I think Christmas in particular is a beautiful time of the year where we really enjoy the best things this world has to offer. You know, the the succulent juicy ham, the fresh prawns, the warm weather, the mango avocado salad, just the the beautiful things, the taste, the the, the traditions, the memories, the joys, the laughter. But what I find interesting is that nativity scene 2,000 years ago, was not that pretty. I mean, you think about it. It's the back streets of Bethlehem. Uh, Jesus was born surrounded with, by animal poo and lice, and it was cold. Jesus, the uh, great architect, the designer who, who made the beautiful things of this world, came to this earth and chose not to enjoy them. But more than that, even the way he looked wasn't all that good. It says in the Bible this. Jesus, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He wasn't good looking. Even as a baby. You know, most people say, oh, what a cute baby. But when they saw Jesus, they probably would have said, oh, what a baby. You know. He came to this world to enjoy not the best things, but the worst things. Even though he was the creator. You might be thinking, why wasn't it seen so ordinary? Why, when God came to earth, was it so missable, almost like a non-event? Because you expect if God came to this earth, there'd be a big concert, a big announcement, big celebration. But it just so small. Uh, verse 10 recognizes it. It says here, He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. Let me tell you how unrecognizable he was. Let me ask you a question. Why was Jesus born in a stable? Ever thought about it? Why was Jesus born in a stable? You might say there's no room at the inn. Yeah, but why? If, Jesus got, if God is the creator of all, the knower of all, who literally aligned the stars so the wise men could follow, who caused Caesar to create a... a political census so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. He did all that, but did he forget the book accommodation? Why, why a stable? For me, I, I'm organized, right? I, I book my holidays a year in advance. That's who I am. It makes me stressless. Uh, but I was hanging out with a mate of mine, Matt, and uh, I said, oh, Matt, you know, tomorrow you're going on holidays with your family? Uh, where are you going? You know, where are you staying? I said, oh, I haven't booked yet. Anyway, five minutes later, I regained consciousness and came off the floor. I was like, what do you mean you haven't booked? It was on lastminute.com. He said, don't worry, I do this every year. Oh, anyway, five minutes later, I again regained consciousness. I mean, you do this every year? I mean, how do you live like that? I mean, is God like my friend Matt who just forgets the book? No. The fact that Jesus was born in a stable was intentional. Because it shows who God is, that he's a God of humility. He came meek and mild, not with all the glitz and glamour, but with humility. There's a church in Israel apparently, which is called the Nativity Church. And to get the door is quite low. And to get in, you have to crouch down, sometimes on your knees. Because it's how God entered this world. He got down on His hands and knees and He became a creature. He became one of us. You might be thinking, why? Why did Jesus do all this? And He did it to give you the most precious thing possible. Have a look with me at verse 11. He came... To That which was his own, but his own did not receive him, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See what makes Christmas so beautiful is family, isn't it? Gathered around the, the table, eating, laughing, memories. It's a beautiful thing. and, and those of you who family is a stressful thing, it may be because of it might be death or, or brokenness but when family is good it is good isn't it and god is saying i want you to be part of my family my eternal family my safe family and you don't and notice how you, you become a child of god you don't become a child of god by verse 13 being born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will you don't become a child of god because of who you are because of your last name, because of what school you went. You don't become a child of God because of how good you are, how religious you are, how virtuous you are. You don't become a child of God by your power, your influence, your ability. All those things to God mean zip. They mean nothing. But how you become a child of God, what does it say? Those who receive Him. That You contribute as much as being a child of God as you did to being a child of your parents. Not much, but you receive it like a gift, because it is a gift. Uh, There's a guy at this church uh, whose friend signed up to be a Frequent Flyer member and uh, just did it like normal, like you and I would. But somehow behind the scenes, they must have ticked the royalty button because the Frequent Flyer's eyes, she's labeled as a princess. So every time now, She goes on a flight. She gets upgraded to first class. She has unlimited baggage limits. She gets access to the first class lounge every time. She enjoys the privileges, and if you become a child of God, you enjoy all the privileges of being a son or a daughter of God, even though you don't deserve it. But here's the thing. You don't become a child of God because of an admin error. You become a child of God because God became a child, that he made this world. And he didn't do what we do with most bonbon presents. We look and say, oh, that's cool, and chuck it away. No, no, he made this world, a world that rejected him and rebelled against him, and yet he entered it and he died for it and rose again so that you could become a son, a daughter of his. That's the story behind the story. But I wonder what your story is. This Christmas, you'll get some presents. You'll taste some things, have some experiences. They're going to last, what, a couple of days? I want you to have something that will last forever. We have began having a look at the story behind the story. I would love for you to take this and to read on and to find out whether you want to receive and being a child of God. Don't make this Christmas another Christmas where you walk past that nativity scene. But read on and see the wonder of Christmas for yourself. I'm going to end by telling you a present that I got when I was 10. Uh, I opened up the Christmas present under the tree, and it was sea monkeys. Uh, Sea monkeys, if you don't know, basically you you get this uh, little jar thing. You rip open the pa- uh, packet and you pour it in and then put some water in and a couple of days later, sea monkeys are born. They're sort of little krill. They just sort of microscopic, They just do their krilly thing, right? And I remember looking at them. You've got to look through a magnifying glass and you're looking at these krill and thinking, I wonder what it would be like to be a sea monkey. But that's where the wonder ended. Not once did I think, I want to become a sea monkey. And I definitely didn't think, I would die for these sea monkeys. But Jesus looks at little old us, little sea monkeys, and he says, I want to become one of us. And I want to die for them so that you and I can become a child of his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are not just up there, but you are down here. That you, God, who are so big and majestic, you became so small all those years ago. And thank you, Lord, that you have not left us on our own, but you came to be one of us, to die for us, to rise again, and to give us the joy, the precious joy of knowing that we be a son, we can be a daughter of you, Lord. Amen.